The latest MVP straw poll is out, and Nikola Jokic is not ahead, technically. Plus, we'll answer your questions here on this mailbag edition of Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform that you choose, whether it's on YouTube with the live show with folks in the chat segment already popping off, or whether you're joining us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or elsewhere. We appreciate you guys making us part of your day. Today's show is brought to you by the Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? And this game's definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost at their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by Adam Mares from DMVR. Check out all of his great work over at DMVR and on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares. Check out the pre- and post-game shows from DMVR before every Nuggets game as well as daily Nuggets content, including just all sorts of awesome stuff on the daily. He's been absolutely on fire, as always. Uh, Adam, how you doing? I'm great. I'm looking at these uh, the comments coming in. People blaming you for Jokic losing the lead. Mm, mm, yes. Do you accept responsibility for this? Yes, it's all me. I'm the one that's in charge of it. Wait, somebody said you're a big Embiid fan. Then somebody else came in. You're a big Giannis fan. So which is it? And then I've seen on the timeline you're a big Jokic fan. Um, I would say that uh, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. I would say that um, like I I will say I voted Giannis number one in the poll. Uh, I voted Giannis number one. I voted Jokic second, and I voted Embiid third. And so that's how I voted. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. The ESPN straw poll came out on. Thursday, and the results are hilarious. Jokic gets more first place votes, um, but trails in the overall point total because of second place votes. Adam, to me, this is like this is the ideal for 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 me personally. It's not what I think should be the vote, but it would be really great if it's like Embiid finally gets this MVP he so desperately wants. Very clearly, he just keeps saying, like, I don't care about it at all. I don't care. I mean, you know, sure, like, it's not fair that I haven't got one, but I don't care. Like, he gets one finally, but he gets it with second place votes. Like, I honestly hope that this is how it works out. It would be pretty hilarious if, it, if he wins on a technicality like that. Um, I think that somebody asked in the chat, <clears throat> did this come out before or after the uh, 76ers game where Jokic or where Embiid sat out? I believe it was sent to me, it was sent the day of. But I didn't send it back until the day after. So I'm guessing some people maybe replied right away, may have made up their mind. But I'm guessing a majority of people submitted their ballots after the uh, Embiid no-show against Denver. Um, I would tell – it's like uh, the way that that Tim kind of told me was he asked for it to be responded after the game. And when Embiid sat out, he was like, you can – now you can vote. Like – because of, you know the outcome of that game no longer was was pertinent to the results, not that it should be, arguably. Um, so I don't know. Like <clears throat> my thing has been, this has been my consistent thing has been 
Um, I talk more about the arguments about the MVP than I do about who should actually win it. Cause you can define that. Like, like there's a lot of good ways to get to that answer. There's a lot of bad ways to get to that answer, but there's a lot of good ways to get to that answer. When the conversation was about, you know, playoff success, that's, this is a bad argument. Like, that's just, that's a bad argument when it's like, Oh, but he doesn't play defense. That's a bad argument for MVP. Unless you're just going to be like every other, all these other MVPs were invalid from these offensive centric guys. Plus, as we all know, like it just, it overstates the gap between Embiid and Jokic. Like the idea right now is that Embiid is like so far ahead of Jokic defensively and offensively, they're pretty close. And I'm like, nah, flip that, reverse it. Like that's, that's a little bit more of it. Like Embiid's definitively better defensively. Anyway, that's what I care about. And all this, this, this stuff is I'm just like, if you want to make the argument for your guy, make the argument for your guy. And there are things that you can ding Jokic for, and that's fine. If it gets into, like, I have them so close, but Embiid's defense lifts him just a, a, a hair above, okay. Like, I don't agree, but okay. That's fine. But I, I get more – I'm more concerned with good and bad arguments than I am about what the ultimate answer to the MVP is. I have some hot takes for you, Matt. Let's <clears throat> fire them off, buddy. I don't think that voters in particular – are swayed by these arguments. <clears throat> I think most people have a pretty good grasp of what each player's strength is. And every now and then a new narrative comes in that's like, oh, okay, well, I haven't thought of that. I think mostly there's like stats. Last year, Jokic is 2,000, 1,500. It created a nice stat that sort of encapsulated why you might vote for him. And so maybe that helped. I think that people kind of understand the different, okay, it's close and this is why you would vote for this guy and that guy. I think voters really hate, it's a thing nobody talks about, really hate vanity. And I think that we see this with the Drew Hanlon and some other people just like constantly coming in and, you know, campaigning and this or that. And I think it actually turns people off. And I think that this is why the, I think if this straw poll happened one week prior, Embiid would have won in a landslide. The losing streak, a little bit of it, but I think more than anything, that was a very vain 48-hour period for him with the art, with the, the quote to Draymond, the, the interview with Shams, and then the ducking. I just think it came off as a little too vain, and that's the subconscious or unspoken reason I think a lot of people probably changed their vote. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I know it is. I talked to voters who are like, this is not a good look for him. And it matters. I just think when it's this close, it matters a little bit because, and here's why I don't think it's crazy that it matters. Cause I think some people would say, well, why does that? You just judge the basketball. The reason is with the stat padding question, like you were calling in to question Jokic's integrity, even though they were saying everybody does it. And I think this is what was so frustrating and annoying to him, but there is always a question of you wanting to be MVP is okay. Wanting to be the best player, but like, are you willing to compromise your team's success for it? And vanity just, I think, subconsciously makes you question that. Like, I don't know. This guy might be a little too vain. He might be a little too into himself. And maybe that affects the way he plays or the numbers he puts up. This to me is like a lot of it is. Does Embiid help his team win? No question. Like, this isn't even an argument. He obviously helps his team win. Does his approach to the game help the team win as much as Giannis or Jokic's does? Right. No. I have metrics that can back it up. If you don't care about the metrics, you can watch. You can watch. Like, it's just different. That's my thing. It's just different. Um, I don't, you know, I'll say this. As much as I care about the MVP from a professional standpoint, 
people like Sixers fans will be like, that's so not true. But I'm just going to, I'm very genuine here. I get worked up about the arguments. I don't ultimately care who wins. Like I approach it from mostly from a betting perspective. And I'm, I'm, I am, I am accurately and effectively hedged on all three players. I got Giannis way early. I got Jokic before the momentum hit. I get Embiid when things were down. I I'm good there. The reason I, and that's not to brag. That's the point out that to me, it's about there's, it is interesting to discuss the idea of value. It's interesting to discuss the idea of what wins games in the NBA of like what really helps. Like, I think there's a, a core philosophical thing here where I talk about X's and O's and like the dynamics of contracts and bonuses and personal and like all this stuff. But like at the core of it is this incredible game that's built off of moving the basketball and finding ways to leverage against the defense to score more points than them. And that's beautiful to me. And like the players that play it at the highest level, that's why I like the NBA is because they can do it at the highest absolute level. And these guys absolutely do at the absolute level. Like Embiid, like his consistency with his jumper right now <clears throat> is amazing. It's absolutely ridiculous. He had a, a game-saving block on Luka last night that was phenomenal. Embiid's an amazing player. They're all amazing players. These guys are, you know, I'll just say like these guys are, are better than a lot of the MVPs that I've seen win the award. Not like all of them. There have been like guys like LeBron and Steph, et cetera. But it's an incredible year for the award. Um, whoever winds up winning will be deserving. And I think we have reached, I will say that this is my perception. We've reached a fatigue point where everyone's like, okay, I've yelled about it as much as I can. Whoever wins, whatever, let's get to the playoffs. I think that's where we're generally at as a basketball community. I, I As much as I understand your like appreciation for why this is interesting beyond just an MVP, like it, the game is always evolving and we're contextualizing those ways through this debate. So there is like some value to it. I just hear really smart people. Like I was listening to Bumani Jones and David Aldridge, two guys that have been in the business a long time. I think generally have thoughtful takes and like some of their arguments to me were not good arguments, but I was like, yeah, but this is their argument and they're not going to be changed by this one or that one. And that's why I say, I think most of this is people kind of have, their thing that they prioritize they see all the other stuff in some capacity but they're more influenced by these other things like hey man why'd you do that interview that seemed a little annoying i just think those things actually carry more weight than yeah but have you looked at this or have you looked at that thing i i would say that there's like you have to kind of split up the voter block this is what how i always think about it is like i think some of the the beat writers are going to sit down that haven't really delved into the MVP stuff are going to sit down and be like, I got to look at everything. And they're going to read like stuff like Zach Lowe and they're going to read arguments for and against, and they're going to read all this stuff. And they're going to like really dive into the basketball side of it. And you got like David Aldridge, who's like a statesman. Like that's a hall of famer, you know, like David's not going to feel like I need to, like he, he knows, you know, and he has a good sense of these things. And I'll say this, like if you're given a vote by the MVP or by the NBA, you get to decide like how you approach that vote. Of course. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're empowered to do so. Like I could talk all I want about like, you should be consistent and these are the things that you should think about and here's how you should approach it. But like, it's not law. It's just what I think. It's just like, if I were like the right, it's just what I'm just saying, what I think is the right way to do it. A lot of voters literally are just like, I vote for whoever is the story of the season. That's literally what they think is like, who's the story of the season. 
I don't know how the third seed in the Eastern Conference is, is the story of the year, but fine. You know, like what, however it gets to, that's how it comes to. And look, we'll see where it falls. If, uh, if, this, if this straw poll comes out last week, what does it look like? Uh, Embiid. I said 40, 40, 20, and I basically nailed it on first place votes for this one. Last week, it would have been probably 60, 20, 20. If, if this comes out last week and it has these results neck and neck, does Embiid play on Monday? Yes. I agree. I just think he miscalculated. Hey, this. No, really man. Look, I'm just glad that the calf was healthy enough to play the very next game. Just yeah. glad that it cleared up. Good deal for him. Uh, up next, we'll talk about your questions. We'll get into the key thing here, which is the Ken Nicole Jokic and the Denver Nuggets win a f- series in five games. We'll do all that and more on the other side. First, I need to tell you about the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM game. It's the coolest game we've played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great NBA GM, and as it turns out, it's not all that easy. I never thought I could be a great GM. It's so hard. Uh, if you've had the same thought and fantasize about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities. <laughs> Who doesn't want wow. to do that? Hiring the right coaches and assistants. You guys get to make those calls that you've wanted to. Uh, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of multiple seasons. All this in the challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want to and when you want to. These kind of games are awesome. I've always loved playing these types of games. It's a reason why they're so popular. These, these simulators are really, really cool, and you get to make them from a very high-level decision. It's a great way to spend your time. Locked On listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store, so make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up in the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Adam Mares alongside Matt Moore. Adam, uh, can you help me out with dishing me up some questions that we got for yep. our mailbag episode? We got some good ones here. Um, let's go here. Will the Nuggets win a series in five games? <laughs> Most of the previous champions have done this. We've talked about this in the past, but do you think they can get one done early this year? It's looking more likely based off of how the standings are starting to, to percolate towards um, warriors getting a little bit of a bump here. Uh, Clippers looking more likely to stay in five, uh, which I mean, again, it's day by day. I, I know I'm, I'm, I've, I've started looking at tiebreakers is why I'm like, it's uh, it, you're right that it's day by day, but you realize we're, we're under we're like most teams are I know. games. Like it's, it, there's a, like, there's 10 days left in the season. Um, yeah, there's six games left for the Clippers. So I one can't. Game I, I will ask you this: as well. much as I've tried to talk you down about your t- your terror over the Lakers, I can't say that if they get the Lakers in round one, they're beating them in five games. That's not going to happen. You're not beating LeBron and AD in five games. Can you beat the Thunder in five games? Sure, absolutely. Oh, uh, I think yeah. Th- Thunder is probably the easiest matchup. Can they beat the Clippers in five games? I think they could. As much as I've tried to warn people about the Clippers and be like, don't be overconfident. Like that one could swing, right? You, you win the first two games at home convincingly. 
and then you steal game three before they can make they can find some sort of adjustment and it's over. That could happen. I could see that happening. Um, they're not beating the Suns in five games. Like I think it's easier to go through and be like, what teams are they not beating in less than six games? Right? Like honestly, I think they could. <laughs> you oh, here's my take. Here's my take, Adam. If they make the Western Conference Finals, they'll win in less than five. They'll win in less than six games. Really? Yes. Because you just think the team standing then will be the easiest matchup? Memphis, yes. Sacramento, or whatever yes. else is still standing? Yes. All right. That would be nice. Honestly, in a weird way, that would be the best round to go short. You have some yep. hard ones. You're probably tired. You get a short one. You rest up. And then you got the finals. Yep. Um, I also think that if you beat the Suns, it could be. it's going to be one of those things where it's like, we beat, we beat Kevin Durant. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. You yeah, such have confidence. Yeah. Right. Um, this one comes from Michael Shields. He says, Jokic said the playoffs are not that much different than the regular season. Sounds like a Jokic take, but what do you think he meant by that? I like this question. I, when I talk to like front office people, especially if I talk to analytics people, they swear the playoffs are not that different from the regular season statistically. Yeah. Like it's way overblown how much people say, well, in the playoffs, this is going to, game will slow down or it's going to be more of a half court game or it's going to be more physical or this or that. They swear that is drastically overstated. So I kind of like that Jokic kind of has this perspective. And then the other part of this is I do think the game has gotten more technical and cerebral. This is another thing that people say is there's just not, there's fewer fish. I think 10, 15 years ago, there's always one or two, three, four GMs that were just so far behind the times. And I think that's gone away to where the regular season probably has more adjusting than, than in previous years in terms of like execution. All the defensive, we'll see if someone comes up with a new defensive scheme or some new gimmick. But I think that most of those have already been done and most players have already seen them. I disagree. I mean, I always agree with your, with your point about the fish. That's a really good point. Uh, what I'll say is I think that Jokic is not being honest. And he's saying that because he refuses to get like, we've talked about this in the media room. He refuses to give any of us anything. If I was to be like, Hey, Jokic, the sky looks very blue today. He'd be like, no, it's gray. You think, you yeah. think he's a contrarian? That's how he is. That's I'm, I, as I will tell you <clears throat> as somebody that's been in the pressers, that's how it feels is that he's just like, he won't give us anything. There's like no. nothing, right? Like I asked him, I was like, are you excited for the playoffs? Because he looks so miserable with the regular season. And like, that's an easy one, right? Just to be like, yeah, you know, the high level competition, like the regular season is what it is. And, and we have work to do there, but the playoffs is where, because like I've seen him be excited for the playoffs before. It's high level basketball, which I think he enjoys. Like you and I have talked about this. He likes, because you do weed out. I mean, everybody's it. paying it. I do think everybody's paying attention in those games. Like it's more focused. It's more focused. And it's like, there's also, there's just, there's all the teams are focused in and all the teams are good. So you don't have all these like random games versus like the magic. And you don't have these games where it's like, yeah, the Clippers are on third and four nights and they're just going to hear like there's a high level. And he really does play like, and we've just you and I've talked about this like he does like he has a pep in his step when he gets to play in that kind of environment would you agree I just think he's more focused he's more dialed in mm, but I, I think the idea of like the game being a different style game they're gonna run more pick and roll at him that part's gonna be different um I would say that uh, to me it gets into stuff like 
how close to, are you defending effort? Now, I will say that this season has been a little bit different on that. Like, I do think that you're right. Like, there's been a little bit more of, of a, there's a little bit more attention to detail this season, which is odd that the offense is so good. Like, th- this is why I think we need a rules balance is because I don't see defenses not trying, except when the Nuggets are in certain modes. But, like, I don't see defenses not trying. I just see, like, they're not able to do anything, even despite doing things like, hey, let's pressure the ball handler. Let's play, you know, let's put some backcourt pressure on them. Let's really get up into them. All of those things, like, none of it works, right? Um, I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. I think that the playoffs are different. I, I don't – I also just don't understand. If Jokic is at a point where he's like, no, it's the same, then I really don't know what Jokic is doing here because he's going to be miserable because he looks absolutely miserable with regular season basketball. Yeah. This question comes from Matthew. He says, is there any possible chance Thomas Bryant will play in the playoffs with certain matchups or is he completely out of the rotation? I think he's out. I think, he's, I think he'll play. Against who? The Lakers. You might have to. Well, I don't know. The guard who? Anthony Davis? <laughs> He'd be um, the worst person to guard him. I think you can play him versus Wenyan Gabriel. But why would you? Um, I think that I st- I guess for me, I still worry that Zeke's gonna get overpowered. I still worry about it. Um, if you face the Wolves, that's probably another one because you got Nas and the wolf, the wolf and the Towns. Wolves perhaps. Yeah, the wolves perhaps because they're 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 big. Uh Zeke can play versus the Thunder and should play versus the Thunder, and Bryant should not play versus the Thunder. Um, the Suns, honestly, like I feel okay about Thomas Bryant versus Bismack. Inter- interesting. Oh, he's you just don't guarding, want to he's not guards. guarding Bismack, though. He's guarding the Bismack pick and roll with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, or Kevin Durant. I don't think he plays in the Phoenix series. Okay. You're just out on Thomas Bryant entirely. I think you're right about the Timberwolves. Okay. I'm trying to look at another team, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't see one that I think he would he would play against. Um, let's get one more in here. Um, oh man, this one is. You're gonna hate this one. Harris Markson asks, "How big a wrench did the bone situation end up being? Gave up your solid backup point guard, understandably, with uh, for KCP with the bet." being that Bones could step up in that role. Are we underselling how much that screwed up the bench plans? Bones, by the way, on a little run here. He's, he's playing lead. great. He's playing great for the Clippers. He's been, he's been like a core part of like, they have a bench mob and he's part of it. He kind of um, runs the group. He like, yeah, he's, he's a big, he's scoring 20. He's good dishing out six, seven assists. Yep. Um, I don't hate it. I don't hate the question. Uh, I think, I don't know how to piece together the you've mentioned this, like the bench has been so bad every year that it's like, what, what is the cause of this? Right. Like it's different personnel to cross things. They found a little bit of a thing here with the, the all defense run, like get stops and run. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I will just admit, like, I don't have the answer on this. I have theories but I don't have the answer for why it's that bad. The shorthand is going to be Malone. That's just always going to be the shorthand is like, well, when you don't have Jokic, he's a terrible coach. I don't know that I agree with that assessment for a number of reasons, um, including before Jokic was Jokic, but it's okay. If that's like, you want to shorthand it that way. Cause it fits your agenda. Fine. Um, <laughs> I don't think that like, 
um, I don't have an answer for like what this does. What I do know is the bones wasn't going to be the answer to the bench unit here. Like that was pretty evident that, I mean, it got the players, you know, did, didn't want him around for the most part, for the most part with, with exceptions. And so something happened there, but I do just look at it and go, he's so talented and, um, you know, him playing well over the stretch. I don't think any of us are surprised that he played well. He played well for the nuggets last year. He had moments of playing well. He's got talent. Yeah. And, you know, he arrived at a situation where I'm sure his perspective was forced to change by being benched. But, you know, him playing well, I just – he is a talented player, and it sucks. And, and Do you it's think that moving Bones and, messed up the whole bench thing? No, the bench was screwed up before Bones left. <laughs> I mean, Bones – the bench was bad with Bones. But my point is, Bones is a good – Bones is a good player. And I yeah. think there was something that happened that got progressively worse from the – he was perhaps the best player when he arrived and has and so, sort of got worse over time. Yeah, which is concerning. And now he's playing well for the Clippers over this, albeit an extremely small sample size. Uh, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. All right. On the other side, we'll get to more of your questions. But first, you can tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament's heating up, and there's no place to get and no better place to get on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com/slash locked on to sign up today and claim your no sweat first bet. You can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join fanduel today just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up make every moment more fanduel we'll be right back on locked on nuggets back here on locked on nuggets thanks for joining us and making this part of your day appreciate you guys being with us we're going through some of your questions on this mailbag episode. Uh, game tonight versus the Pelicans. We'll have a show tomorrow recapping that one. And then uh, Adam's going to be with you on a Saturday morning recap for the game versus the Suns. Before we get to another question, uh, who's resting and when is my question for you. You want to ask that question, who's resting and when? I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, mean Friday, this... I, think, I think Friday people, players are going to rest. You think yoga because yoga's popped up on the thing is questionable for today. Which... Well, let me ask you that. This is the funnier question. Somebody asked, "Do you think Denver's trolling the 76ers by putting Jokic on their report with calf soreness?" I really wonder. I I I laughed out loud. I was I was cackling pretty bad at that. Um, would be pretty funny. Um, it would be funny. Although I do think he doesn't play. I, honestly, I, I think it's less uh, a troll job and more of a they have a back to back coming up it would be kind of foolish to play like Denver is in a weird spot right now where they don't have a lot to gain or lose. And if they win tonight, what is their magic number at right now? Three. If they win tonight, it becomes two. Yes. If they win tonight and the Grizzlies lose, it becomes one. Yes. Like they're, they're so close to clinching this thing that this feels a lot like a, we have a back-to-back coming up. He's going to play the first one, not the second one. Yep. He's got a sore. And then if they did calf just for fun, who knows? <laughs> I wouldn't hold it against him. Um, I like this question. Is there a primary outcome or other indicator you look for as a sign that the Nuggets offense is functioning at a high level, i.e. AG dunker spot looks, open KCP threes, et cetera? I have one, but I'm curious yours. I don't know that I have like a, a signature in terms of like what the things actually generate. For me, it's like the whole Mike D'Antoni is the ball finding energy, right? Um, is it moving to the, to the point where it feels like guys are 
surging. Like there's a level of confidence you can watch in an offensive possession, whether it's like, okay, I'm going to try and figure this to get this shot off. Or if it's like, we're ahead of you, are you ahead of the rotations? Are you, um, are you, have you got them so far out of position that they can't recover? I think of those kind of things. If there's a sign of like, it's going to be easy. I think the AG dunker spot, spot stuff is the, Oh, you're not going to like, you can't handle this team at all. If you can't shut down the AG dunker spot stuff, then you are in deep with the Denver nuggets. I think. I like this one. Is AG smiling? <laughs> is AG smiling? What's yours? Mine is uh, assists. This is the team, if they get 30 assists, is kind of like the standard mark. I think they average 29, but they are 33 and five when they get 30 or more assists. That's a pretty strong indicator. This, the ball's popping. And this is what's funny about it to get an assist, you have to make a shot. So some of this is intuitive, right? It'd be like, how do you know the offense is working well making shots? But I do think it's the assist part of it that, that really pops off. And then conversely, when they have 26 or fewer assists, they're 3 and 13. So that middle spot, kind of a toss-up. 27, 28, 29, kind of a toss-up. 30 or more, almost certainly a win. 26 or less, almost certainly a loss. Um, let's keep it going here. I had another good one here. Let me see. Um, oh, I love this one. Considering this comes from Anthony. Considering how long it took Clay Thompson to look fully back, have we as a fan base been too hard on Jamal? The too hard on Jamal part, I think, was almost less interesting. What's more interesting to me is Clay Thompson came back last year and didn't look that great. And he started the year off this year not looking that great. Halfway through it, he's starting to look like the old Clay in a lot of different ways, including in his peaks where he's had multiple games. I think he's had four games of 10 threes or something like that. I think he has four games this year with 10 threes. So that means to me, I do think there's at least reason to hope that Jamal Murray will be meaningfully better next year. I think he's meaningfully better now than he was at the start of the year. But I think there's reason to think like, hey, this injury, like he gets a full offseason of rest and conditioning and strength. He'll probably be really good next year. I want to note that Clay suffered um, two injuries, yeah. right? So he suffered one and then the other, and that kept him out the year. He had the ACL and then the Achilles. And so, like, that's a big part of it. The Achilles is also, like, a much bigger deal. Um, I would say, as far as, like, being hard on Jamal, the struggle that I think the media has had is if he looked worse than he did before, then we would be able to say like, you know, the injury really took something away from him. The problem is, is that he's been very similar to the player that he was prior, which is a really good scorer who's very inconsistent. And I think honestly, the passing has been maybe like the biggest thing to kind of take away from Jamal season. Like though his assist rate over the last like 30 games or so has been tremendous. Like his career average for assists is 4.2. He's at 6.2 this year. He's up two assists. And you say like, well, look at all the talent. Yes. <laughs> but like the willingness and the reads and the ability to make those. And, and again, the willingness and looking for those passes is significant. Like Jamal, the, and that, what I think has been kind of interesting is watching Jamal. We talked about the other day about how he can't be this isocentric guy on the second unit. But I do think it's it's kind of interesting that Jamal's evolving more towards like he's more of a floor general than I ever kind of thought he would be. He can be that more. Like 
Jamal struggles with that bench unit because of all the things that we've talked about. But if Jamal tomorrow got traded to, to the Minnesota Timberwolves, do I feel like he would not do well there? No, he would probably be better now than he was two years ago because he's evolved into much more. And like a lot of that's Jokic is like Jokic has helped him learn how to play the game better. Just like, you know, Jokic would say Jamal's helped him learn how to play the game better. Um, and so like, that kind of that dynamic, I think, is really fascinating. Like, I'm really interested in what Jamal is going to be over the next five years. Like, what kind of player is Jamal Murray going to be? Because he's, you know, he came into the league as like a pure score two guard. And then it was like, no, I'm a point guard. And it's like, he's not Steph Curry because nobody is. That's not fair. Um, but he's not Damian Lillard. But he's also not like D'Angelo Russell. Like, he's somewhat, he's this own individual player. And I think what he is, is it's, it's interesting and exciting about what he could wind up becoming by the time that his prime is finished. Murray. Yeah. I mean, the consistency part of this is the, so interesting where that's the part that I think is hardest when you're coming back from injury, but it was also the part he was worst at before the injury. So maybe it compounds for him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, to me, Murray season all comes down to the injury he suffered right before the all-star break. Because to me, he was peaking and he was playing so great. And I wish we got a continuation of that. I guess if there was a lot of people wanted to ask us questions about like, what do you want to see the rest of the year? And I honestly don't think there's anything. But if there's one thing I would like just for like to feel but good would be for Murray to have like two or three games in a row where he just looked really lightning quick and put up 30 points. I'd love to see it just because it'd give me more confidence that he'll do that in the playoffs. But to be honest, I don't think we're going to see that. And I don't think we're going to see a whole lot. It, let me ask you this one. This will be a final question. This question comes from Adam. What do you, uh, how interesting do you think these final six or seven games are going to be? On a scale of one to 10, 10 being supremely interesting, one being that was the most pointless thing I've ever watched. Two. <laughs> it's done. Their magic number's three. Two is so too low, man. So you really, two is like. So here, yesterday, a Nuggets fan who's like very much Nug life was like, Look, man, Memphis could win out. The one's not locked. And I was right, like, right, hey, they're right. not going to win out, buddy. Like, I, I understand why. Like, trust me. Everyone's like, Cavs fans were like, we're winning out and we're getting the three seed. The Cavs lost that night. I'm just like, guys, the Grizzlies are going to lose at least twice more. They lost last night to the Clippers. They're going to lose again. The Nuggets are going to win one more game. It's going to be done. And then after that, like, the Nuggets have talked about this where they're like, where, where they're like, well, we want to keep our processes up. You just... When you don't have anything on the line, you can't really work to process and function and play great. Um, I, so I was on BetStream last night for Bucks Pacers. The Bucks are one of the best defensive teams in the league. They are elite. That game was entirely the Bucks being like, hey, we could drop 140 on these guys. Let's play no defense and just play offense. And Giannis and uh, Drew had over 50. He had like 51. And Giannis had like 39, 17, 12. And they played zero defense in that game because they knew they could just do it. And if you're trying, and like at this point in the season, like you've proven what you need to prove. And so for me, like, I don't know what the Nuggets are going to do here to like, if we, if we know that the Nuggets have a hard time motivating themselves during when things mattered, what are they going to do with these games when they don't? In hindsight, maybe it was a good thing they went on their losing streak. Cause if they did not lose, if they would have only lost one out of those four, they lost in a row. Or maybe even two, they would be wrapped. They it would be locked up now. Yeah, and now you'd be like, oh my god, this is really that's too go long away. off. That's too long, man. So it might be good that they hit their dip. 
I think it's going to be higher than a two, though, Matt. I think it's going to – I mean, there's still games that I want to see, and I have a suspicion. I think Denver, if they win tonight, that's a big if. If they win tonight, I would not be surprised if they punt on the Phoenix game. I just yeah. – it would make sense to me that they don't even yes. travel some of these guys. Don't. Then you play the Warriors game. I think that'll be an interesting one because I think Denver's going to want to play against Golden State. You still need to play it. You got to pick, like, three games where you're like, hey, we're going to invest in these. Okay. And to me, I look at those and I go, tonight, the Warriors game – and then maybe it's the Phoenix, the second Phoenix game, which is on TNT, which is the third to last game, which makes sense. Would you rest your starters the last two games? That doesn't feel egregious. That feels safe. That feels normal. Three games, you wouldn't do that. So I think they play, have three games of intrigue, and they're against teams that I think are pretty compelling. So I'm going to go all the way up to a five. It's going to be a five. Okay, we'll see how this turns out, and we'll, we'll reflect. Because, like, here's a, here's a good way to actually put this is you're like, well, there's so many games left. There's a week of basketball, though. That's it. Like they, this, there's these two games, right? Win tonight. It's down to two. Okay. By Sunday, you could be looking at a one with Houston on Tuesday. Like, I'll just tell you, like, I wouldn't play anybody versus Warriors. I wouldn't play anybody versus Suns. I wouldn't play anybody versus Jazz or Kings. Not that many. I would probably play like pick and choose starters. You can pick some, some guys play, some guys don't. Um, but like that Rockets game's a win. That Rockets game is is a win. That's done. Uh, so they win tonight. It's effectively over. Uh, and then the Warriors one, I think, is interesting from a strategic standpoint. Do you want to win that game, which pushes them closer to the seven? Mm, man, you're right. And but so here's Crap. The, Denver has nothing but landmines in those. Like maybe you want to beat Phoenix because it pushes them down to five. Like yeah. So here's here's the thing with the Warriors one. If you beat the Warriors, it makes it more likely that they're six and out of your bracket, but it also makes it more likely that they're in the play-in, which could lead you into the eight, which could mean that they you face them in the first round. If you don't want to face Golden State first round, you do not play starters Sunday. If you want to try and get the Warriors out completely, you play them and you try and beat them. Suns, I really do just think is um, don't give them any any comfort like i am very resistant to these ideas of like i'm like they've scouted everything they've played you before and malone's talked about this as much as he does stuff like this he's been like we've everyone runs the same stuff they've seen all these guys they know it don't give them any rhythm or understanding or find don't let don't risk the opportunity for them to be like oh yeah if we run this they don't know they can't handle that mechanic yeah, you can't do that so the two Suns games, no way. Don't show them anything. Play vanilla. If you want to play starters 25 minutes, 30 minutes, fine. Go for it. Man, it's going to be crazy last week. I can't, keep, I can't keep up with it, to be honest, man. I can't keep – every day it changes so much, and I have a I mean, I can – I, I have a whole post on Action Network that gives you a lot of ideas on – Yeah, but that it expires tomorrow. No, but it doesn't, though. That's the, Okay, so – for you, I get it because you're just like, well, this could really, and it's just like the Suns are not going to fall into the plan. That's done now. Like last night, pretty much clinched that. They're not going to fall into the plan. The Suns are going to be are going to be in the four or five. Yeah. Um, Clippers and Warriors is close for sure. the The big one I actually wrote about this this morning. The this this is how this is how complicated it is. The Clippers play the Lakers next Wednesday. If the Clippers play the Lakers next Wednesday and win, they get tiebreaker over the Warriors. The Clippers-Lakers game is more significant for the 5-6 than anything else. Wow, that's crazy. Like, that's what determines it, because they split season series. So, 
I would tell you that like I don't have as much as everyone is is really bullish on the Lakers right now. I'm still like, look, they lost to the Bulls. They won. It's really funny to me how it's like the, they win last night and everybody's like, look out for the Lakers. I'm like, guys, you just did this on Sunday and they lost. They went one and one versus Chicago. Yeah, I mean, nobody's scared because of anything they've seen from them, though. You know that. They're scared of like the idea of LeBron being his best self. Yeah, that's true. At- and he hasn't been, but maybe he will. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I would say like, look, Wolves, I can't believe, Wolves might get the six. It just seems very unlikely. I don't know. Like a lot of this is also the way I think about it is if you're like, well, they're playing really well lately. That makes me think like, yeah, they played really well the last two weeks. So they're probably not going to play as well the next two weeks. Like no one plays well. They just have a good, yeah, but they just have a good vibe. I do think there's something to teams that feel good about themselves. Yeah. I'm not saying it matters a whole lot, but they're, they're a team that feels good about themselves. If the Mavericks won four in a row, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, here they come. I'd be like, that's the team that still has weird vibes. So, um, okay. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure you have yourselves a great day. We'll be back tomorrow. Recap the Pelicans game and get you set for the weekend. Make sure to check out all the great stuff over at DNVR. Follow Adam on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares. I'm on a, at HP Basketball. The show is at Locked On Nuggets. Make sure to give us a rate, review, and subscribe. Appreciate you guys joining us, even though people that are very angry with me. Uh, in the in the comment section. Have yourselves a great day. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On Nuggets.